What's going on, y'all? Welcome to another edition of Harold and Brad, Windy City Filmmakers. Talk about indie filmmaking, acting, writing, directing, the whole nine yards. What's going on, HD? Hey, hey, hey. Glad to be here. <laughs> no doubt. Right, man. So today we're going to talk a little bit about like life on the set, even stuff leaving, uh, leading up to being on the set, and even the difference between how it may differ being like a indie filmmaker, like straight up you're doing everything by yourself, as opposed to having like a, a budget. A budget with uh, 30 people on set. Oh, my goodness. Or more. Right, 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 right. Right. So what's been your experiences, man? Like, how do things start off? Like, you usually start off with an idea for a script, right? Or a written piece. Yeah, it starts off with uh, an idea. And the writer will come up with the treatment and then flush out a script. And it could be a short or a feature, uh, depending on what kind of uh, story the writer wants to tell and how long he wants the story, how quick he can tell the story or what he wants to do with the story once he finishes it. So let's say he wrote uh, a feature film and now what is he gonna do after he writes the film? He's gonna sell it or attempt to get it made. And let's say he attempts to get, or she attempts to get it made. Now he has to find someone to help push the film, maybe a producer, an executive producer. Uh, executive producer will go out and find the money. Uh, other producers can come up with the food. <laughs> no doubt. And other things that are important on set. Right, right. And it's also about like, especially on the indie tip, as many favors, it's never about lowballing people. Let's put that out straight out. It's not about lowballing people. I always believe in paying somebody something. But it's also about calling in some favor, favors, if you can get some favors. Like we shot the first episode of Dazzling Cool Cat Jones, episode one. And just a secret, we got the space at the factory for free because I was doing a show at the time. He said, hey, you could just, you know, knock it out. Say, cool, because you're doing a show. You know, that comes in handy big time, big time. Right? Yeah, being able to... Uh... Uh, have a, a crew, uh, a, a team, yeah, a set of people that are there for you because they know that you're there for them with their projects. And that's always best because, you know, you talk about budget. I've been on sets where people shot with basically no money. Yeah. Uh, they just fed us, you know, and with the promise of an IMDB credit. Right. So forth. And people paying you thousands uh, for just acting in a film. So it, it, you know, there are different, there's a zillion different uh, variations of budgets and sets. And so we're just going to talk about the general overall idea of set life and the experience of filmmaking. And, and so let's say uh, the filmmaker has written a feature. Now he has to go out and find these producers. And then after They've met, they've they've found a director, the writer may want, want to direct. Now it's time for casting. And there's the opportunity to get a casting director to go out and find the actors because maybe I don't know any actors. Right. I don't know any talented actors. Oh my god, what happened here? And so and then there's uh 
ton of people that do know actors. They have their favorite actors that they work with all the time. So, and that's always great to have a team of actors that you know can produce the type of uh, delivery and the performance that, that you're looking for every time. And, and so when you go out and you put out casting notice, notices for actors to come in and you meet. Like Brad, we had that casting audition, that audition uh, uh, for Chase. For Chase. Yes. And we had people that we knew come into the room that we invited and people that we didn't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the good thing about it, too, that people you knew, people you did not know, got some great connections with people who we did not know at the time. And also, it, it also varies. Like, I remember um, Martin Scorsese, one of his first films, and he had his mother and father in the film, <laughs> right? <laughs> his mother, I forgot what it was, they shot in their apartment. Because sometimes it's that, too. And I wanted to backtrack, like, we talk about having a nice crew. A crew could be, like, two people. Like, just one other person who you can uh, depend upon, who you know is going to be there, show up on time. Who you know it's going to be, it's reliable. Even if you don't have a buku budget, I truly believe that you can always run your set very professionally in terms of being on time. Being organized is half the battle, you know, so you're not wasting nobody's time. Like, you know, I like the idea of going in, me personally, well beforehand, having stuff storyboarded. It's a blueprint that can change, you know, organized in terms of time, organized in terms of how you're going to shoot things, organized in terms of how, how soon you can release people. And definitely paying, like I said, paying somebody something or even feeding people goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and storyboards are very, very important <laughs> yes. to me. Yeah. Because it, it uh, it's organization. So right. it, it, it cuts out all of the monotony, some of the monotony. There's yeah. always going to be something going on. And sometimes that monotony can be magic, you know, right. for, for the film. But uh, storyboards are very important because it's organized and it, it would give me a chance as the actor to look to see what the director plans to do on these lines. Yes. Oh, you're going to get a close-up of my eyes on these lines. Right. Okay, so now I can think about how I want to deliver those lines and surprise myself how it comes out, of course. But it gives me an idea, too, of what the director's shooting for. Right. Or this will be a wide shot. So I know I'll say these lines this way or plan to deliver them like this and see what comes out type of thing. So storyboards are very important. And so now we're, we're in the casting room and we, we uh, pick the actors uh, uh, and the actors, obviously, you know, as an actor, you know, I've, I've seen many videos and how to's and read things on what to do in the room, how and seminars, how to audition. So the actors come into the room. It's, it's always best to come in with your best face on. Uh, positive and the actor should be the professional in the room so that uh, when you leave out after delivering your piece and the, the, the director and producer who's ever in the room says thank you you say thank you and don't try to shake everybody's hand just smile and say thank you and, and leave and leave with the professional um, idea, idea of yourself in, in the room. And so let's say the film is cast now. So we have the cast. And for the actors out there, I, I teach at Second City, and I was just talking about this a couple of weeks ago in the class because uh, we were shooting this 12-page script, and one of the actors hadn't memorized the line. So I says, okay, hold the paper and just act like you're uh, saying these words and talking like you're reading or right. something. Make it work. 
and she made it work. But, you know, so I gave him a lecture on preparation. Yeah. The filmmaker and writers before you came along as the actor have been working on this project for maybe a year. Yeah. Months and months. And then they pick you because you're that person to come in and deliver. So the best thing that you can do is prepare. Right. Come in ready to go that first day of set. No doubt. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, no doubt. No, I truly believe like when you when it's go time, like when it's when it's time to shoot. Yeah, be ready. You know, and I say this like from on an acting tip from my perspective, because sometimes like, you know, you're acting, you get an audition, you may get an audition like not, not to get off track. but It's kind of related. You may get an audition, for example, like the night before happened a couple of times where you got an audition for Chicago PD, whatever the case may be the night before, right? And there's a big chunk of stuff. And so it's the basic idea. Well, at least for me, getting off book. Especially after doing a show and the sides come in like at five o'clock, six o'clock, and you go on to a theater, do a show. Then you basically get home at 10 o'clock. You get got to get up, go to audition at nine o'clock. The chances of being off book, just real quick, are very slim. So I always had a viewpoint that with the audition piece, especially when you have a nice chunk of dialogue, I like the idea of going in, being very familiar with the piece, being very familiar with the piece, even if it's not word for word, with the basic idea that I think the director like to see, can you embody the character? Do you have the energy the character may have? And then when you, when you book the part, get off book. You definitely be off book by the time you get ready to shoot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> be yeah. off book by the time you get ready to shoot, definitely. But yeah. Yeah. And, and, and so... Uh, getting back, backing up a little bit too about these production meetings that uh, the writer and the, his crew will have, they're organizing. They've organized the storyboards. They've worked out a schedule, shooting schedule, uh, line production, blah 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 blah. And so everybody's ready to go that first day of shooting. They've had you've had the table read, whereas everybody uh, the actors have gotten together with the director and they've going through the script to, to, so he can hear the words if he hadn't heard them already from pre-table reads. And and you've the actors had the meeting with the director. It could be a phone call. It could be a face-to-face -face individually. So you can flush out with him who he expects this character to be. He's cast you because he wants you. So knowing that as the actor, you know, all you have to do is have that meeting, find out what he wants and give it to him. Uh, and give them to him as yourself, because in the end, I'm Harold. You know, I'm always going to be Harold. No, no doubt. Matter, no matter what the lines say right. and what limp I'm supposed to have or what smirk I'm supposed to get, have or whatever's going on. It's always you. It's coming through your, coming through your character, coming through who you are. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so now you're on that first day of shooting and lights are going up. Action! And they're about to call action. You have that quick rehearsal. If you, I'm sure you've probably rehearsed with your acting scene partner prior to, or maybe you didn't, right? Because they're a snot. You know, <laughs> you never know. You never know. So you're in front of the camera with the director. Right. You, they're they're having that rehearsal prior to action. Yeah. And so, you know, you get a chance to work with that actor and look into their eyes and see what they're giving you so you can right. react and give what you're going to give no doubt. and then wait till they give something. And Maybe that other actor isn't giving you right. uh, anything. You still have to react to that. No doubt. I, I've heard uh, Ted Sorrento, one of my teachers, talks about this actor 
And I talked about that in class a few weeks ago. I repeated it, but I couldn't, I don't remember the actor's name. In the 60s, maybe, 50s or 60s, a guy was acting with this actress with no ability. And so he, in the scene, she gives him a line and he looks at her and pretty much pats her on the shoulder in the scene and gives her the pitiful response like, uh, you're doing the best you can. You, you're doing the best you can, you know, type of thing. So no matter what, react, 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 because the camera's going to see everything. It's going to pick it up. And so knowing that, do something. Yeah, you're, you're always getting something. Right. And along those lines, it's like one thing I learned is being open to anything because from theater to film and even depending on the film, how big a project is, how small a project is, rehearsal, the definition of rehearsal is vastly different. <laughs> like rehearsal and theater, vastly different. So like there are times where you, you may be rehearsing something and like you're literally rehearsing and coming up right before the scene in the dressing room, in the chair, so on and so forth. They throw on makeup and they're going through the lines with the other actors. Right. Which is cool, you know, which is cool, which gives you something to work with. But it's going to always be different based on what's going on. Like some people actually like to rehearse, rehearse like uh, like back in the day, I heard like Alfred Hitchcock was big on having like an actual rehearsal, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a theater rehearsal type feel before the actors actually get to the set. But it's going to vary based on the production, based on the time. Like, you know, usually apparently with a lot a lot of TV shows, they may not have time to rehearse with, especially like the smaller parts, you know, not that you're small, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, if they, if they will with the main characters, whatever the case may be. So that's being open for anything in terms of like uh, getting ready to do your thing on the set. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the set, when you're shooting, uh, you'll be in different locations right. in the wintertime, summertime, <laughs> yeah. indoors, outdoors, right. sweating. So you have to have in mind that uh, the climate and the, the pressure of uh, a room full of people, right. um, um, just uncomfortable situations can occur. So... The best thing that I, I attempt to remember and remind my students is to keep a cool head and, right. and get along with people on the set and be easy. Just take it easy and follow directions. Because I've heard that that's what they look teach the students in film school on the production side. Uh, find people that uh, you can get along with right. and that can follow directions. Because think about it. Five years from now on the red carpet with this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that director wants to still be happy with the people that he has around him. Right. With no his film. Yeah. That writer with his film. And if you were that ass on set, <laughs> he still got to look at you. So, you know, keep a cool head as best as can. And be sure to investigate these projects before you get involved, because there are some shoddy projects out here right. that can take up your time. We're supposed to shoot for uh, one month, but you end up shooting for a year on and off. Yeah. Depending on schedules because the production was unorganized to start with. Right. That has happened to so many of us. So you, you get something in writing saying, okay, we're shooting from here to here right. in the contract. And uh, beyond that, uh, we're, we're negotiating more money. Yeah. Other, 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 uh, if anything outside the contract dates, uh, occur so you know it, it, investigate these projects before you get involved because 
there are more shoddy projects than you know. Right. And I would, this this has never happened to me, but I've heard it happen to some people. Uh, I would say probably as a general rule, any project that says, okay, we're doing this project, but you have to pay X amount of money to participate. I would say that's a no go. <laughs> that's probably something shady going on. Paid audition. Yeah, paid audition yeah, <laughs> or pay to be in the film. But I mean, I would say walk away from that because there's like plenty of opportunities where you got to deal with that nonsense. And really, they don't know what they're doing when right. they do that. I've, I've seen it. Yeah. I've yeah. seen it. And been invited to participate. I'm like, thank you. No. <laughs> and, and so uh, there's, let's say there are many million things that will happen on set. So keep your head. And then let's say a production has wrapped. Then there, the, in the contract, there's some pickup dates where they know that they wouldn't possibly couldn't finish everything. So they attached a couple more dates and so they finish take the film look at the rough cuts look at what they've shot unedited and say oh we should add this to tie this piece of the story together right or we need to reshoot this because the sun was shining yeah bright and it uh, blew out the character the, the the frame the shot or any number of things so they have pickup dates and so now the film is finished and it goes to the editor the director and editor and i i talked to brad about this a few minutes ago but i've heard that when you write your film consider giving giving it to some editor that you trust and know maybe they're on your team because when let's say i write something there's some things that i definitely want in the movie i i i have to have that sunset I have to have this shot when they hold hands. Right. I, I, and maybe those shots don't move the story forward. But I want the shot, but the shot's not moving the story forward. But I want the shot. That's why you give it away to an editor, because they'll tell the story. You can be in the editing room and you can have that debate with them in the editing room. That's what the editing room is for. And you get someone else to do it so that they can pull out the essential parts of this of the story. Right, right. And I have a slightly different opinion because I edit a lot of my own stuff mm-hmm. and really out of out of necessity. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's important trust your instincts. Trust, trust, cause I, I'm, I'm a big believer, write it, direct it, and editing it and still still get input from, from time to time from other people. But by the same talk, I think it's also important to trust your instincts in terms of telling your story, in terms of what you have in mind for it. And I think it's one of the type of things the uh the more you do it, it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a matter of what works best for you. But I think like the more you do it, the better you get at it in terms of telling a story you want to tell. Now having said that, as the budgets get bigger, I may still I still I like editing. I don't consider myself like uh Thelma Schumacher by any stretch of imagination. <laughs> you know, Martin Scorsese's editor. But I like the editing process, but I might have somebody else help out with the editing, but still going in, going in with the process of uh, definitely being in the room. And like a quick example, it's like when we did uh, Walk for the Walk back in the day. Um, my friend, you know, Fred Bridges was my editor for the longest time. And I went in uh, with the idea of storyboarding. You know, like storyboarding is very important when you shoot and also in terms of the edit. It's like shooting a film before you shoot it. And then Fred threw out, the edit was pretty much exactly the same I had envisioned it. And Fred threw out some great ideas about this, that, whatever the case may be. So it's always about, which leads to another point, collaboration. Collaboration, real quick, on set with the actors 
And I'm thinking about, uh, we did this film, Harold and, Harold and I and uh, my boy Andreas. Uh, we did a film called, uh... and so there was one thing that I love, I, you know, I, we were just working on shooting some things and it was a part where you and Andreas came up with it uh, near the end of the film where you were reading the paper and then you cross your legs at the same time, you know, that was my idea. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a little thing, but that's the great stuff yes. that you look for. You know you know what I'm saying? Collaboration and things of that nature that take peace uh, to another level. Because I'm a big believer that, you know, you have the character and uh, you may write a piece, you may hear the characters in your mind. And I think it's really important that to embrace it, but also let it go. Because when an actor, a talented actor, uh, embodies the character, they're going to take it to another level. The musicality may be different. You have to embrace that. So I love the idea of somebody say this is the character and then they truly make it their own. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And they, may, and they may go places that you didn't imagine and write in it, but still be within the confines of the story you're telling. That That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Collaboration is good. But then, you you know, you think about the big budget Hollywood films. There's always someone else editing the story. So it's, and like I said, so it's different points, different views. And the whole idea is the write a good story and and have it well told. Robert McKee said something like that, good story, well told. Right. So in collaboration, you just make the best story possible. Yeah, right, right, right. Now, one thing real quick, I was aware, of, well, no, I wasn't aware of you know, until I started doing more film, is that there can be like uh, a lot of downtime. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, you may have like three pages. I'm just shooting three pages, depending on what's going on. Three pages could take a while to shoot. <laughs> like even when we shoot a stuff, like we shoot a stuff on our cell phone back in the day, it would take a while. Like it wasn't like, you know, two pages. Okay, we do this like in 10 minutes. More more times than not, it would take a while to actually shoot to get the different shot selections, so on and so forth. So that's one time like being aware that may be like a lot of downtime. And downtime does not mean that they're not organized. It means that the nature of filmmaking means that it's a, if, you, if you're doing a film, you can't necessarily be on your way to a fire, <laughs> right? You, you got to be there to do the film. That's right. <laughs> and you, you, you can't have conflicts like I'm going to set up two projects on one right. day because uh, more times than not, that first project is going to run over. So you can't yeah. be go to a fi- have a fire waiting for you. <laughs> you set. I'll say this real quick, man. I was doing like... Uh, a, sh- a short film. And so they were like, yeah, we're going to shoot from here to here. I said, well, great. I got to get out of here by this time. I had rehearsal that night. I said, cool. We get you out of here by four o'clock, by, by three o'clock, whatever, because rehearsal was at six. And so famous last words, of course, <laughs> Two o- three o'clock became four o'clock, four o'clock became five o'clock. I realized, oh man, they, they're nowhere close to my scene. And I had to call my director, let them know. And I hated to do it. I said, you know, they're running late. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to make rehearsal. No, thank, thank goodness it wasn't a show. So I really learned early on, to the best of my ability, if I'm shooting something, to do it on a time period where there's nothing else going on, or if I'm shooting something, I know it's going to take place that day. Because most times, more times than not, doing theater now, it could make it a point to have an understudy. So I just had the understudy go on that night. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're, so you're not, worried, not even pressed about it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so conflicts will happen. So do your best up front to prevent the conflicts. Right. right. And yeah, there's a lot of downtime on set. Yeah. I mean, you know, you have 
to set the lights. Sometimes that could take 20 minutes to move some lights, right. turn the camera around. And so, you know, crew have their jobs. And there's a lot of downtime for crew when the directors are actually filming with the actors. Right. And there's downtime for craft services after they prepared the food. Now they're sitting around and the actors are waiting in between, waiting for their turn to shoot, you know. And so... And it's always great when a director can manage the time of the set for on on the set for the set. Right. Whereas, like, uh, if if I'm shooting, like you said, they didn't get to your shot for hours and hours and hours, right. which has happened to me a few yeah. times, which really gets under my crawl. So, so the best thing a director can do in managing the time is if I'm we're shooting three pages and I'm at the end of the third page. Right. Call time is nine. AM will call me in at noon. You right. Know, don't call me at nine o'clock and think I want to sit around and watch. Right. No doubt. I want to sleep. <laughs> you I know. want to study my lines before I get there. Oh la la. Yes.